You're listening to the Nomcast, a proud member of Forgotten Entertainment. Hello, and welcome to the Nomcast the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomCastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out in the web at NomCastPod.com. All right, today is all about the Netflix original animated features of 2021. Animation in general is dominating the streamers right now. Invincible is doing very well on Amazon Prime. Star Wars The Bad Batch just dropped on Disney Plus today. Happy Star Wars Day to everyone who celebrates, by the way. May the 4th be with you always. And and speaking of Disney Plus, they also released Ryan the Last Dragon earlier this year. They have the Marvel series What If coming soon. HBO Max has Tom and Jerry and the new Space Jam movie coming this summer. But Netflix, especially with their new deal with Sony Animation, may have some of the best animated films coming out this year. And in this episode, we'll discuss where they are today, review The Mitchells vs. The Machines, which dominated the weekend, and preview more 2021 titles. And we will do that with special guests Andrew Tejada and Shamar Griffith of yet another DC animated podcast a new animated podcast coming to the Forgotten Entertainment family starting at the end of this month. After this short promo for their new show, we will get to our discussion about all things cartoony and all little loony. See you on the other side. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, very excited about this episode. Ready to get animated with two guys who know a lot about the subject. Shamar Griffith and Andrew Tejada of yet another DC animated podcast who is now on the Forgotten Entertainment family, man. This is exciting. You guys uh, you guys haven't even started yet. You guys are still in the womb. This is cool. <laughs> you guys get to hop on and, and do this before you even uh, come out to the world. That's pretty awesome. Uh, what's up, guys? Hey, yeah, it's all, this is great. I'm so excited to be a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, especially because, you know, everybody's been so welcoming and you get a chance to talk about a subject that they're ranting about to people since I was the age of five years old. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this has been uh, such a great partnership so far and uh, definitely looking forward to ranting about more animated things in the future. Yeah, we will try to have less arguments about the Mighty Ducks on Slack. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll I know, get back I to the more arguments about the Mighty Ducks on Slack. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure Disney will provide more and more, so don't worry. You'll have your opportunities. Uh, but today, I wanted to kind of get into because I, I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter or uh, other places all weekend where you know people are losing their minds over the Mitchells versus the Machines. 
everybody seems to be, you know, throwing up all the all the JPEGs, the the memes, the everything, everything. It's everywhere I go, and I don't know if it's just my algorithm because you know I'm the Netflix guy, which is entirely possible. But it's almost like no other movie came out over the weekend. It is wild right now. So I figure now would be a good time to kind of go over. You know, kind of the state of affairs with Netflix and animation uh, because they have a lot of titles coming out this year. So I figure we'll start off by just kind of talking through where they are right now and, and what they've done to try to compete with the big boys like Pixar and Disney and anybody else who's kind of put their stamp out there. And then uh, we're going to review the Mitchells versus the Machines and then we will wrap it all up with a preview of what's to come. So, guys, thank you again for doing this. Uh, tell the people before we get rocking and rolling what you guys are are up to, what you guys are going to you know drop on us very soon for yet another DC Animated Podcast. So what we're going to do is DC, a few years back, decided to do a series of interlinked animated films around different characters and kind of create this shared universe. There's 16 films in total. So we're going to go back through them now that it's all done and see which ones are good and which ones you should you should just skip. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Is it as planned out as the Marvel stuff? Is it supposed to be like this sequential thing and, you know, they kind of all tether into each other? Sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's definitely this one overarching thing that happens throughout uh, the entire universe, mainly because it's connected to one particular character who ends up dominating this universe, really. And it's really great to see that person's journey. I'm trying to hold back on the name because, you know, we got to give the people something to look forward to for this sure. podcast of ours. And yeah. it's been really great to watch these films again and especially talk them through with Andrew. I'm picking up on all the comic book stuff that they, the Easter eggs are coming up and Andrew's telling me about things like how it could have been done better. And we just go back and forth on that, which I love because Andrew and I have been having these conversations since like we were kids. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's the same thing. I think it's like most podcasters, man. It's just take the stuff that you're passionate about and just put it on the mics yep. and, and, pe and you'll find your audience. And I'm sure you guys are going to do an excellent job. And I look forward to listening to that uh, and maybe expanding more stuff for me to watch uh, because like, I don't have to watch enough shit, <laughs> um, but <laughs> thank you guys uh, for that. I look forward to it. But like I said, we're going to talk about the Netflix animation state right now. And in the past couple of years, they have really, really stepped up their game. In the past two Oscars, they've had multiple films in contention or nominated going into the field. Um, just a couple of years ago, it was a huge year for them because they had Klaus and uh, I Lost My Body up for Oscars in the same year. And then uh, just as past Oscars, Over the Moon was nominated uh, as well and... You know, The Willoughby's, I thought, was a better movie than that. I'm surprised that Over the Moon was the one that went all the way. But they're starting to really impress me. And I look forward to these bigger titles because they get this amazing talent uh, working with studios. Uh, you know, like this year in particular, they're working with a lot of Sony animation stuff. They're working with, you know, people like Titmouse, 
which is always fun to say, you know, the guys who do, uh, you know, big mouth for them for years and then now bringing out uh, feature length stuff. So I guess they're really putting their stamp out there that they are in the game and that they've they've so much as, you know, said this, you know, in press conferences and such that they it's taken them a long time because animation takes forever but they've had this in the pipeline that they want to dominate this field have you guys uh watched a lot of these titles have you kind of been keeping up with the with the netflix animation uh andrew we'll start with you yeah the the most recent one i got to see is over the moon after i got a few recommendations for it and um it didn't blow me away i i have to agree with your assessment i haven't seen the willoughby's yet but i think i agree with your assessment because it was a nice film for representation. Like there was a lot of great sure. stuff about the Chinese culture. And I think it was interweaved into the story in a very nice way. But at the same yeah. time, it kind of felt like a Disney movie from 30, 40 years ago where there was yeah, and not in a good way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it just hits the character beats of, you know, missing parent, grand adventure, big lesson at the end and some things were good but overall it didn't break the mold for me it didn't do anything that crazy new for sure i thought it was really really impressive animation i was Mm -hmm. i I loved a lot of like the characters that they did i believe globy or whatever his Mm -hmm. name was that that was the side character in that one i thought all that was really impressive However, once they got to the moon, I was bored and it was it lost all its momentum. And I don't know why that one was the one that went to the Oscars. But, you know, it's not my choice. So I will just love what I love and let everybody else do their job. I will stay out of the way. But Shamar, uh, where do you stand? Have you been watching uh, a lot of that stuff? Was it you who was saying to me like the Godzilla ones or was that Andrew as well? That was uh that was Andrew because uh, oh, I haven't okay. gotten the chance to watch that. But Andrew, if you're if you're saying it's good, then I'll give it a watch. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever wanted to see Godzilla shoot lasers and terraform Earth, just <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, just... yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> what, else do I need what are we doing here? Of course we do. <laughs> That's exactly what everybody wanted. Like, you want to see him fight Kong on the big screen, <laughs> yeah. and you want to see him. You know, destroy whole cities. That's what we do here. Yeah, you had me at shoot lasers. Like, yeah. that's- yes, <laughs> absolutely. But Shamar, have you been uh, getting into the the Netflix feature uh, animated feature game at all? Yeah, I have. I've been. I also watched Over the Moon. I have a very similar sentiments about it. It did lose me a little bit in the second half, and I, I though I still think about the fact that I need to ask this: Was it a little connection to the Angry Birds? There was a little. There were some birds there who looked very much <laughs> like them. Very much so. There's like roosters on the motorcycles right, or wherever yeah. they were. Yeah, looked very Angry Birds. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, the other movie that I got a chance to see, which I'm actually still watching, is uh, Willoughby's which was yeah. really done so well. It It's like a kid's version of Strangers on the Train, honestly. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's a weird way of saying it, but I, I love it, though. That's perfect. <laughs> to me, I, I thought it was like almost like, yeah, if Wes Anderson made a dark animated <laughs> feature. It has that kind of characterization, the, the house, the family, yes. the whole thing. And then, you know, really sucks you in with great voice work and, and – I. You know, that family, it's very unique, and, and the song is really well done. Oh, yeah, beautiful. And so, yeah, to me, I, I, I speak glowingly of the Willoughby's in the, these circles. Yeah, even at the 
I love it because even at the most random moments, I do find a moment to that either connects me, draws me in, laughs. Like these characters, like you said, their their voice acting is just so well. I've been hearing Will Forte's voice in animation yeah. for quite some time. So hearing it now, it's just like, oh yeah, this is perfect. And Maya Rudolph, I feel, is also kind of dominating in the Netflix voice animation game because this is yeah. the second movie, I believe, in just a couple of years that she's been in. So just yeah yeah she's in the mitchells versus the machines that we're going to talk about right now and and you know that's that's something they didn't even plan on because that was an acquisition so yeah she's just really good at it and she's really kind of found her niche that and like hosting award shows she should do (laughs) those two things all the time you know sorry to you know if that means she doesn't have to do snl but hey we got we got to use her for what she's she's good at man that's what we do um but now we're we're getting. I love Klaus. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff. I don't know if you watched. Uh, I lost my body or any of these, but like impressive, impressive stuff. Um, you know, I lost my body being more dark and surreal in a way because uh, it's you know because it's French or whatever, and uh, you know <laughs> they're always you know unique and and very bleak, <laughs> and you know uh, it's it's a very cool story. You know about like this uh, kind of like severed hand that like goes about its on an adventure uh, while you're the person whose hand it belongs to is telling its story. It's kind of, it's very, it sounds way more odd than it is, but it's still really good. So uh, I definitely recommend that for anyone who uh, didn't listen to our episode on that, but here we are. It's 2021. Mm-hmm. They've just come off. You know, they haven't won those awards. Let's be clear on that. So they're just starting to get into the nomination game, you know, getting nosed by critics and, and, and other, you know, awards bodies besides the Oscars, but not landing the big fish, which is exactly what Netflix wants about everything. <laughs> they just won uh, Best Animated Short this year, though. So they, they are starting to do even that stuff as well and acquiring more of those. So... They are fully committed to animation, and this year they have so many titles. I sent you guys the doc that I was working on, and this is just what we think will come out in 2021, and it is a long list. And then at the bottom, I don't know if you noticed, I put even like ones that they thought were going to maybe be 2021, but now it's 2022, stuff like Chicken Run 2 and uh, My Father's Dragon, which is done by Cartoon Saloon, Mm -hmm. who just had Wolfwalkers uh, up for Oscar nomination this year and have done amazing stuff before. uh, The Secret of Kells, I don't know if you've seen any of those, The Breadwinner, very good uh, Irish animated studio. Like I said, the list is staggering. And so far they've released two movies uh bombay rose which was actually slated uh because it came out on the toronto film festival at the end of 2020 uh back in october and they thought that it was going to be released in 2020 but i think they kind of realized that they were like this isn't good enough for for like an oscar push (laughs) so i think that's why they ended up releasing it uh back in march so you know i watched it it's not the greatest. I was a little let down. The animation is very unique. It kind of moves like a oil painting in oh, a way. Nice. Uh, it's it's kind of this. It has almost like a clay look to it, but it, it's anime. It's you know two D animation. So it it's a unique look. It's an interesting story, but to me, it, it just didn't do enough story wise. And 
I think it's a pass for me. I don't think I'd recommend it. But if you want something that looks that beautiful, if you're inter- interested in seeing what Indian animation looks like, you know, that would be something to go for. But otherwise, it was an okay entry to the year. Then they released Arlo the Alligator Boy, which I just started watching. Uh, they released that a couple of weeks ago. And like I said, that's by... Uh, the animation team, uh, who uh, Titmouse, who has done like Big Mouth, Rick and Morty, Star Trek, Lower Decks. They do a lot of good stuff, uh, and it's by uh, Ryan Kriego, who did Home uh, for DreamWorks. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, the the one with Jennifer Lopez and Rihanna, right? So- I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then they ended up making like uh, Netflix ended up making series out of that one and everything else. They also did uh, The Adventures of Tip and O, which I did not see. But uh, Ryan Kriego is a former DreamWorks story artist. I believe that this is his first movie. Uh, it looks exactly what you'd think if you were like to close your eyes and think of a Titmouse animation. Um, and it's bananas. I mean, it's called Arlo the Alligator Boy. It's obviously <laughs> not going to be this straightforward story, but. It's got a lot of heart so far. It's one of those, like, you know, small town bayou kid, quote kid. It's an alligator boy, half alligator, (laughs) half boy, uh, going on an adventure, trying to find his real dad and all this stuff. So it's a a cute little story. A lot of, you know, a a lot of cool characters, you know, kind of like what would almost look like circus sideshow, kind of like people that have been cast aside. It's a musical. There's like a bunch of musical numbers. It's... It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot so far, um, and I'm enjoying it thus far. So I ho- I hope to wrap that one up and maybe give a more bigger endorsement later. But so far, so good. Um, but now, in the midst of all that, we now get to the Mitchells versus the Machines, which we're going to do the full on review for. And this is a big deal. Like I don't know if you guys. Uh, this went by a different title before it was oh. the Mitchells versus the Machines. It was originally called Connected, which makes a lot of sense if you think about the storyline. Yes. But, you know, this was the crown jewel for Sony Animation. I mean, because before then, uh, Into the Spider-Verse was the biggest thing that they've ever done. And anything that they've done with Lord Miller, um, you know, the Lego movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, any of that stuff... They've done great work with them. And so the fact that they sold this movie to Netflix, you know, because we're in the pandemic and they thought it was the right thing to do. There's some people who are actually really pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of Netflix, you know, acquired this. And uh, to them, I go, fuck you, because we don't say that when Disney did any of this or, you know, when uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, you know, kind of did the the day and date thing Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, was on Disney Plus immediately like. Who cares? This is what we're dealing with right now. Let's just enjoy it. So many people watch this movie. It's currently number one in the Netflix top 10. And for good reason. I had a great time with it. Um, It's an impressive, impressive uh, cast of voice actors here. Olivia Coleman, who was just nominated for for the Oscars again this year (laughs) for, for... yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Whether you saw her in in The Father this year or The Crown previously or or anything else you want to pull her out, she is a tremendous actress. Flea bag, whatever you want to do. Uh, you already mentioned my Rudolphs here. Danny McBride plays the father here. Uh, Abby Jacobson it, it plays the daughter. You know, Eric Andre is kind of the tech guru here. You 
so many people, even uh, the writer-director Michael Rianda gets to play his own kind of version of himself as the kid, the little brother. Uh, he does the voice for that in this. So it's kind of a fun thing because, to, uh, to my knowledge, this is a, a personal story of his. Um, so I don't know if you guys know the background on that, but this is basically his family. It's kind of like his experience. Obviously, there was no machine uprising, but a lot of the characterization is all there. Um, I was I was super impressed with this. It's a directorial debut. Um, it's by the guys who did uh, Gravity Falls. I don't oh, know if you guys yes, watched yes. that. Oh, I, I love that show. That It makes <laughs> sense why I love this movie. Okay. Yeah. And Disenchantment, too, I think, because uh, Roe was a staff writer okay. on yes. that one, yes. Jeff Rowe. So. A lot of good stuff there. For anyone who hasn't seen it, you're just kind of tuning in and listening to us. We'll try to stay non-spoilery-ish, um, as we always do. Something always slips out. Um, but The Mitchells versus The Machines is about an everyday family struggle to relate while technology rises up around them. When Katie Mitchell, a creative outsider, is accepted into the film school of her dreams... Her plans to meet her people at college are upended when her nature-loving dad, Rick, determines the whole family should drive Katie to school together and bond as a family one last time, and bond they do over a massive robot uprising. So, like I said, this movie's killing it right now. Number one on the top ten. Uh, it's an 8.0 on IMDb, 81 Metascore, 97% tomato meter, already certified fresh, 91% audience. Everybody's on this one. Shamar, I'm going to start with you. You watched the film. What did you think of the Mitchells versus the Machines? I think I'm just going to repeat it again. I love this film. It was great writing, great character performances. I'm still shocked because I was not expecting Danny McBride to play a dad that perfectly. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember him from Your Highness. So, it's just sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, just watching this film was just, it was perfect because we got a chance to see your uh, your typical family. It wasn't this cookie cutter family that we normally see in a lot of the animation. It was each of these members had their own struggles, their own idea of like, what does it mean to be their own perfect being? What does it mean to how to connect? And I now remember also that this movie was definitely called Connected. And I thought to myself, I definitely wanted to see this movie. So I'm glad yeah, it was hot, hot title. Everybody was like glowing about it before this happened. I was so shocked it came to Netflix. Yeah. And even just the animation, I think Phil Lord having the um, having that comic book style that we normally see that we saw a lot of it of Into the Spider-Verse being echoed out through here. It just seemed natural in the film. So this story was just lovely. I I, I saw so much growth for every single character the, as I mentioned, the animation was spectacular. It just felt like this was a movie that I will definitely rewatch again and again and again. I might buy this on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, digital, whatever, yeah. whatever however we're buying our movies nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or now it's going to live forever on Netflix, which is awesome for a lot of people for, yes, you know, rewatchability, <laughs> mm -hmm. man. That's amazing. I'm hoping that maybe, uh, you know, once... You know, stuff comes back out to the theaters. You know, a lot of people are talking about re-releasing stuff out into the theaters. I think this would do incredibly well if you start to see, like, parents, you know, families come out to the theater again in droves. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. We'll probably see, like, what uh, movies like Black Widow or some of these other titles do to see if people are really going to come back in full force to the movie theaters. But I think this would be a slam dunk 
uh, winner for Netflix and Sony to to put this out into theaters, at least as a limited run. Andrew, what did you see as far as the the animation here? Oh, to man. me, like you, Shamar mentioned, it, it it's it's almost a perfect combination of all the Lord and Miller stuff because it's got kind of the look of of like an advanced uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs, <laughs> but but it's got like that zip that the other films like, you know, Lego movie and, and into the spider verse had, what did you see here? The animation, what I love about it is within the first, I want to say five minutes, maybe 10, but they give you this impression that they're going to use every animation style in the book. Sometimes you're going to see a livestock puppet. Sometimes you're going to (laughs) see little hearts flying out of the sides of people's heads that are animated. There's one running gag, um, beautiful piece of animation right at the beginning where you see a heart come out of a character and, and, you know, she, she's really into the movies and, and celebrating and her dad comes in, the heart breaks yeah. in, in the side. And it's not highlighted at all, but if you're paying attention, you're going to, that's one of the first things you see. And then it comes back together again when yeah. uh, it just, the attention to detail in the animation and the blending of styles is just incredible and one of the best compliments i can give this movie is i'm one of those people who i'll watch a comedy and i'll go hmm, that was pretty funny you know <laughs> not not much of a reaction but here i was laughing out loud throughout yeah. the entire thing there's just so many great original gags that they can they pull off in this movie I'm telling you, if they had extra footage lying around of more dog cop movies, I would totally watch those. Like Netflix would be well served to try to like do them as like mini runoffs, you know, mini series yes. like Netflix originals. I would totally sign up for that because uh, those were hilarious. That dog is hilarious. Um, I love this family. The family dynamic was awesome all their personalities um i too have a young i have a four-year-old who loves dinosaurs at the moment so you know i i i don't know if you saw i i was impressed that they actually set up a hotline for like they put it out on social media that you can call a hotline to talk dinosaurs to other people oh that is perfect that it's amazing it's adorable uh, that is and that's what that's why when people complain, like, oh, this movie went to Netflix. Fuck you. Look at the mile that they're going here <laughs> to, like, try to make this this awesome event, this eventized thing. That's so cool to me. Uh, but, yeah, it, it had such a frantic pace that I loved. Um, you know, it never loses sight of the larger story or the character building, but it just it's nonstop. And if anything, the smallest, smallest of criticisms, I thought the movie was a little long. I think because it, it gets to be kind of like, I don't know, 150-ish. And, you know, I know credits go on forever and they have a bunch of stuff in the credits. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, definitely stay to the end and keep going with it. Um, but, yeah, that animation, man, it is beautiful. It is crisp. It is alive. All, like you said, all those extra bits, like the the heart flutter thing, when the, the two siblings do this kind of you know, dinosaur yeah, high yeah, five kind bash. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes. You get to see the raptor claw come out in the animation. It's it's so cool. It's so well thought out. They this is a labor of love, and and I loved watching every minute of it. Um, one thing that and I don't know if you have any opinion on this, Jamar, but like I find it ironic that this film, you know, takes a lot from internet culture. Like Andrew brought up, like a lot of stuff, like you can 
garner from YouTube stuff or, or this these things that, you know, all the different spectrum of social media. And yet that's exactly what this movie was all weekend where I saw everybody using it <laughs> all weekend to kind of blow out this movie. I thought that was kind of fun. Did you like the use of how they kind of go back and forth with it's a message movie about technology, but they also use all of it to, to make this a better movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's just a really great, great way of showing how much dedication that they had to it because really that main focus as you mentioned is just you know trying to get connected to your family versus connected to the rest of the world and i think they really did a great job of showing that like how ingrained this is into the natural state of who we are as individuals how for katie like this is what she does this is how she meets with her people connects with her people and it's that perfect moment of reaching out to the adults and the parents who are might be a little hesitant towards technology and just saying, Hey, this is, this is how our, this is how your kids, this is how your youth are really kind of communicating. We're not saying you got to get on the train or else you're going to be left behind, but you know, it's here, this train is here and we're always taking passengers. So by using all of this, I think it shows also that you don't have to also limit yourself thinking that it is this big grandiose thing. It could be the smallest thing. Like the, the use of home videos was so well done, which is something that I think yeah. we forget about a lot. The home videos was a big part of our lives just yeah. 20 years ago. And here yeah. it is. We Shout ha- out to Bob Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And having all of those home videos be even a part of this new wave of technology and internet culture was just a really great thing to add in because it shows that we really are truly are connected from no matter the oldest adult to the youngest kid and shout out to that kid to the, the little boy because i just love this character <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and and to your point i think the fact that this movie came out during you know kind of the end of the pandemic it kind of shows you know what we were kind of going through in a way you know uh that you know we were all trapped indoors but we were we were disconnected from a lot of people, but we had to try to make the best of it with what we had. And I, uh, right now, you and I, I'm, we're all talking right now because of Zoom. <laughs> we're doing this where we couldn't normally do this if I did everything live and in person. So we learned a lot. We're still connecting. We're still making it work. And I think that's the message of this film in a way, too. So I think it's very apropos of the time right now. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, uh, Andrew, if, if you have an opinion on this, I saw uh, Sam Adams for Slate said that Lord and Miller as an animation brand is now as reliable as Disney or Pixar. What do you think about that? Because, I mean, we're going to talk about later. They have another film that they're producing for Netflix uh, coming up uh, in the preview stuff. But they are almost 100% with what they've backed. How do you, how do you feel about their reliability in the animation market? It is a hundred percent true. I think you can the the easy way you can tell this is that when they start a franchise like the Lego Movie or Into the Spider Verse, that that initial movie is flawless. You can't yeah. you can't pick anything apart from those movies. And yeah. when you go off to sequels or spinoffs, you see like a, a little drop in quality. You know, right. it's not as tight. It's not as polished. It's still a solid four quadrant movie but it's not not the first movie so i think when they fully put their faith in a project you can tell the message is going to be authentic you're going to laugh a lot 
the animation is going to be something you've never seen. And even if you have yeah. seen the style, it's a different blend of styles you have never seen. And I think if their names are on it, it you got to see it. <laughs> you just got to give it a chance. Shamar, you feel the same way? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, they've been knocking it out the park, honestly. And I didn't even think that it's hard sometimes to have really great animation and really great storytelling. You sacrifice a lot of things because of the time and the dedication you put towards animating things so a lot of the other so having it that they're just everything just seems so really well balanced nowadays yeah. it's you know i whatever lord and miller do I'm, I'm watching it i think they are really doing this well they are definitely on par with disney for or pixar they are really doing it yeah, I'm glad that, uh, speaking of Disney, I'm glad they uh, botched the old, uh, weren't they supposed the original directors of Solo or one of those? Or they were in oh, on the group yeah. there was one of those? Yeah. And I'm glad that they got booted so they had enough time to get all these animation projects off the ground. But yeah, these guys are an absolute gem. If I'm not mistaken, I think they also did 21 Jump Street, which was hilarious. Yes. Um, and, and like, so they, they don't, it's not just animation. These guys, everything they touch turns to gold. So I am on board with whatever these guys want to do next. Um, but next for us, uh, after we did a glowing review, and I, I, and I, I loved watching the, I loved, <laughs> I went out of my way to try to find negative reviews of this movie because everybody was talking so close because I just wanted to see why. Wow. Even the negative reviews had so many positive things. I was like, you just wanted to be that guy. You just wanted to be the person who put, you know, that it was a rotten tomato. You're such a jerk. So uh, shout out to the like two people, two critics who said that this movie was not good. So yeah, thank uh, amazing you, job. <laughs> yeah exactly thank you for overthinking a kid's movie <laughs> but absolutely love this movie but coming up next we're going to talk about uh some of the the rest of the films coming up for 2021 for netflix because it is a long list but we're going to champion the three of us we're going to take one at a time champion a film that's coming up soon so stay with us Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. All right, we're back. We're going to do an awesome preview of some of these titles that i am super excited for for the animation projects for netflix for 2021 after they've gotten off to a really good start as we just mentioned before the break um each of us are going to take 
one movie that we are just super excited to see. And Andrew, we're going to start with you, man. And the title that you chose, I am also very excited for Wendell and Wilde, uh, Key and Peele coming together with Henry Selleck, uh, whose animation is always intriguing. Um, so tell the people why they should watch it, what it's about. Give us the, the skinny on Wendell and Wilde. Man, this one is going to be one for the ages. You already have the comedy duo of Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. They are going to play two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wilde, and they have to face their arch nemesis, the demon-dusting nun, Sister Helly, and her two acolytes, goth teens, Cat and Raul. I mean, that description sounds so crazy, and I know they <laughs> yeah. can make it work. Henry Selleck is one of my favorite uh, directors because I love Coraline. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. This is going to be another stop motion film. So every detail is going to be perfect. You're going to be able to see stitching. You're going to be able to see so many gags. Just this creative team is already good. And we also have, there's the voice cast. I mean, I, I just I'm just so excited to, for this to come out already. I, I don't need any I don't even need a trailer. I'm I'm good to go. <laughs> you have me sold. I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah. I, I, I could just keep gushing non sequiturs, but I think I've made the point. You have the great great cast, great creative team, stop motion style, which we sh don't see a lot of nowadays. So yeah, this is gonna be my number one for the, the rest of the year. Yeah, Henry Selleck does not get enough credit. Uh, oh. I mean, he both Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline are cult classics. You constantly see. It's funny that they're dealing with a pair of goth teens in here because most of the time I see Coraline or Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas, it's like it's like goth Christmas. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's definitely like they're wearing all the merch, they're getting all the characters. You know, and I speak that lovingly because I also have you know Funko Pops all over my house <laughs> and everything else. So shout out to to nerds who still buy merch. Uh, but you know, definitely Henry Selleck is a, a particular uh, type of <laughs> person. He has his fans, and they're very, very into him, and I am one of them. I agree. Uh, this is definitely one that – the combination is wild. Uh, not to, you know, pardon the pun there, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, Key and Peele, I, I wanted them back together in some fashion. I don't think – what is it? Keanu yeah. probably came out and then uh, they obviously did the show. I don't remember how many years it's been since they were on the air, but you know, I, I still watch them on YouTube <laughs> or wherever I can, man. I need, I need my AA run. I need all that, you know, whenever I can. So love Key and Peele. I love what they've done separately, yes. but I want to, you know, see what they could do together again. Uh, Shamar, are you into this as well? I am because uh, really because I mean, Keenan and Peele is like, you can't go wrong with that duo. Also, even when we had Toy Story 4, where they played the what was it? The bunny and the, and the yep. chicken. Yep. It was just like, That's even right. that yeah. was just glorious. <laughs> so I'm excited for this. And like I said, those two are just magic together. So I know that I'll be laughing just as much as I did when I was watching the Mitchells and the Machines. Yeah. Uh, they haven't put a release date on it. They keep saying it's going to come out for 2021. It's still in production, but mm -hmm. you know, and I know stop animation takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It's those things are a real labor of love. They take so long, but it is absolutely worth it. If you, if you've seen the product that Henry Selleck has put out over the years. So I'm absolutely in, do you guys know whether this was based on anything or whether this is original whole cloth? 
I think it's original. I haven't heard of anything. Of I didn't see anything either. Yeah, because I think uh, yeah, it's I it's co-written. It anything, really. Yeah, when I saw that, it was just co-written by Key and Peele and Henry Selick. So I don't think it's based on anything. But yeah, that's even more intriguing to me because uh, you know Coraline is uh, Neil Gaiman's. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. book so you know obviously that's not an original james and the giant peach obviously is raul Dahl, right mm-hmm. um and then and then nightmare before christmas i don't remember whether he wrote that with burton or whether that was based on anything either but you know tim burton he, definitely he's... put his name on it <laughs> <laughs> yes he did <laughs> all over it <laughs> to the point of when um i don't know if you guys did you guys ever see monkey bone Monkey yes. once. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that that that's just yeah. like just like opened up in my mind just now. I was like, oh yeah, that definitely is monkey bone. Because because as a kid, because that's Henry Selleck too, and or at least the animation side. I think it's all him. But um, he uh, when the movie came out, they're like from the makers of Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas. I was like, this is a Tim Burton movie. Because <laughs> I was a kid, I didn't know any better. And then I was like, oh, Henry Selleck directed that. Tim Burton just put his name all over everything for Nightmare Before Christmas, where nobody thinks Henry Selleck first when oh, you think man. of that movie. So, which sucks. Uh, but he is super talented. So is Kim Peel. Really into this one. Great pick uh, for that one. Shamar, I'm very interested in yours, man, uh, because this is something that was announced recently. It kind of just dropped out of the sky, uh, caught a lot of people off guard. Guillermo del Toro has been really heavy into a lot of animation stuff lately, and this is his latest produced baby, uh, Troll Hunters Rise of the Titans. Sell me on this film, and should do I have a lot of homework? <laughs> Because I believe it's a convergence here. What do we got? Yes, yes. Um, you probably do have a lot of homework. I'll be honest about it, but don't worry. <laughs> it's only six seasons. <laughs> so, just a short six seasons of stuff you have to watch. Yeah, no problem there. <laughs> <laughs> but this is in connection with Guillermo del Toro and his work with DreamWorks in order to create this world called the Tales of Arcadia. It's uh, about three different kinds of stories. So if you love your trolls, your aliens, and your wizards... You're going to love this film because it takes all of those shows and puts them in one big movie that's supposed to end the entire series. And it starts off with uh, every single person we get introduced to in this wonderful written story who are now trying to fight to save the magic that is um, at risk that binds everybody together. So, yes, aliens have magic. We've learned this. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just... I've loved and been watching this show because one, you wouldn't expect some of the voices like Kelsey Grammer is on it. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like he and he does a great job. You know his voice as soon as you hear it. And oh yeah, it just, absolutely. Yeah, so having him there, it just brings a lot of really great moments to the show. And then we have Nick Offerman, Nick Frost, um, any of the MCU fans. If you love Agent Carter, Haley Atwell is in it. I mean, this, oh, wow. this is star-studded, in my opinion. So, And to have this story finally come together, because as I mentioned, six short seasons of really great animation. Also, Stephen Ewan, sorry, Stephen Ewan is also in this. So wow. we, got, we got some heavy hitters. And as I mentioned, if you love your world building, if you love your high fantasy, your sci-fi, um, if you love your wizards, this is the show, this is the movie to watch. Um, it was announced really quickly at the end of the last series, which was called Wizards. They announced they were doing this movie, and 
I've been excited for it. And then I was even shocked when they announced it was coming out this year because yeah. they did leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger. So if you do end up loving the shows and you feel like you want more, this is the story that's supposed to complete it all because it connects so well with everybody. There is a moment in which everybody gets to meet another person. There are callbacks. There are re just really great stories for the fact that this is a Netflix series that just came up upon us after Guillermo's um, time after winning the Oscar for Shape of Water. It came yep. pretty much right after. So it was already at its height. And to have in connection with DreamWorks, this, this is just amazing work. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Guillermo's at it again because he's directing Pinocchio as as a Netflix oh, film coming out this man. year as well. Man, it's not it's rest. filming right now. <laughs> no. And I think that's maybe why if they're because I think Pinocchio, they said they're aiming to release it in late, late 2021. That maybe if, you know, they're releasing this now. So that way it's, you know, because it's a younger audience that maybe they can capture that over the summer because this is supposed to come out in the summer. And then Pinocchio, maybe they can try to push it maybe more for Oscar play at the end of the year because Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's other film, is also already getting people excited for, for awards contention. So if they can piggyback on that and get them into animation, too, that would be a hell of a story. Uh, so Netflix definitely knows what they're doing, <laughs> and they're just loading uh, on for Guillermo del Toro's stories. Um, for anyone who cares about that one, by the way, the cast, you were just talking about amazing cast with what you just mentioned. Pinocchio has Kate Blanchett, Ewan McGregor, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Ron Perlman already signed up for Voices. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I want to say it's because so, they saw what he was doing for the Tales of Arcadia series. It was like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. So we're jumping on this right now. Yeah. Like, wow. And from what I understand, the animation is closer to being like stop motion, closer to like the Selleck style than than anybody else, and a more dark, twisted version of Pinocchio, which only Guillermo <laughs> del Toro would do. Wouldn't expect you gotta, anything else. <laughs> you got to watch out. Tim Burton might put his name on it. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> very fair. Just swoop in the last minute. Why is Danny Elfman here? <laughs> um, yeah. But no, that's awesome, man. I, I, I don't mind the homework. Uh, that sounds like something very cool uh, that people should check out. Uh, you know, And are all the series, everything's on Netflix, yep, right? everything's on Netflix. They really expanded out in the first series of Troll Hunters, with that being three seasons. Three Below, which is the alien one, is about two seasons. And then Wizards, one season. We get a chance to actually see a lot of great historical figures, actually, because of I won't say that part because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who gets really hooked like <laughs> right. I did. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of great historical figures, my pick is chock full of them. And I don't know how uh, representative they're going to be, but this movie is called America, the Motion Picture. And when I first saw that title uh, of stuff coming up, I was like, oh, this is going to be some kind of history lesson brought to animated. I'm bored. I don't care. Oh, Channing, T Channing Tatum's George Washington. Oh, great. I don't care. Then you look deeper. This is directed by Matt Thompson, who is the creator of C-Lab 2021, one of my favorite mm. Adult Swim shows of all time. He also did Frisky Dingo, if you ever watched that. He was the executive producer for Archer. This guy makes hilarious shit. And this is produced by Lord and Miller. It's written by the guy, one of the guys from Zombieland Double Tap and the Expendables trilogy, and he's also helping write Into the Spider Verse Two, Mortal Kombat, Shang Chi, 
all at the same time. This guy is wildly productive, Dave Callahan, and and it is chock full. And I haven't even gotten to the best part, which is the plot of this movie. It is about a chainsaw-wielding George Washington <laughs> teaming up with beer-loving bro Sam Adams to take down the Brits in a tongue-in-cheek riff on the American Revolution. If you they've recently uh, shown some of the animation and what it looks like, it basically looks like they did the American Revolution as the Avengers. It is <laughs> wild, wild, because like George Washington is almost draped like in Captain America garb. It is so nuts and like i said it's chainsaw wielding it is beyond tongue-in-cheek it is frantic and wild and i can't wait for it like i mentioned channing tatum is playing george washington simon Pegg plays king james <laughs> oh man uh, judy judy greer is here bobby moynihan and kill a mike i fucking love <laughs> kill a mike and and he, i am so excited that he's here run the jewels uh everything killer mike is amazing so Everything I just said makes me so happy, and even better, they have a release date for this one. It is going to be out in June, late June, June 30th, right in time for your 4th of July celebration to see George Washington (laughs) kick a little ass. So I am all about that. Andrew, what do you think about that one? I mean, move over Hamilton. Hamilton who? Because <laughs> yeah. this sounds... That's a big difference <laughs> year to year, man. You, you know, it, it's funny because uh, the last thing I can think of like this was Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So yeah. completely yeah. different <laughs> vibe. So I, I uh, it was a guilty pleasure for me. So I, I like giving historical figures weapons and just letting them hash things yeah. out. So I, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot. What do you think, Shamar? I'm trying to figure out how I can rent out a big screen and just have fireworks go off at the end of this film because this is the this is perfect. It's, this is insanity, and I love every minute of it. Especially because Sam Adams is his beer drinking brother. It's like you you can't write this material. It's it so good. Itself. It's amazing, and I I am I'm excited because. Are, are you guys Adult Swim guys? I know you're big animation guys, but did you guys uh, enjoy any of those? Uh, I don't know if you watched C-Lab or Frisky Dingo. Yeah, I definitely grew up on Adult Swim until, you know, mom comes in the room and you have to change the channel to some, something educational. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, yeah, those, those. Uh, I love the quirky humor. I think it defines a lot of what I laugh at nowadays as just weird non sequiturs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but don't uh, worry. This is a little satirical look at life and society and all of those things <laughs> when you're watching things like Mr. Pickles. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's perfect for the C Lab guys who had a Dr. Dre that had no relation to the actual Dr. Dre, and like that is the exact type of humor I want brought into the American Revolution. I think this should be taught in schools. I hope it's as good as I want it to be. And like we just said, Lord and Miller as a brand is now becoming this like must-see TV. And to me, if they have all the success right now with Mitchell's uh, versus the Machines, and then now this comes out a few months later, Netflix is sitting pretty when it comes to animated titles, especially because this one, they don't get to be like, oh, well, Sony just handed us that. <laughs> Sony handed us possibly the best animated film of the year. So this one, I hope, you know, brings just as much heat and makes me laugh just as hard. Uh, with those one to go over a few other ones while we have you guys Sony we mentioned you know it was a big deal uh, that they 
they just came out with a sizzle reel for uh, some of the animated titles that are coming over uh, the summer here. And two titles jumped out on that one. Uh, Wish Dragon uh, has a, a, a release date of June 11th. It's the first feature uh, as writer-director for animator Chris Applehands, whose last job was story artist for Wonder Park, but he's been doing animation stuff since 06. Uh, it's produced in part by Jackie Chan. Uh, it's It's got John Cho and Jimmy Wong, Constance Wu, uh, Jimmy O. Yang, Bobby Lee, Ronnie Chang. Like, there's so many good people here uh, for a movie that is about a working-class college student with big dreams but small means and long, a cynical but all-powerful dragon capable of granting wishes set off on a hilarious adventure through modern-day Shanghai in pursuit of Din's long-lost childhood friend, Lena. Their journey forces them to answer some of life's biggest questions because when you can wish for anything, you have to decide what really matters. And to me, I hope this is just Sony's better-done update of, like, Over the Moon, where it's it's going to be incredible representation, uh, but hopefully, you know, a little better story here. I enjoy the dragon a- angle. Uh, it makes me sad because uh, Cartoon Saloon's uh, my father's dragon got pushed back to 2022, I believe. So not we're getting multiple Netflix dragon titles in the same year, but I'll accept it. But that one uh, intrigues me. And then the other Sony title is Vivo, which is, uh, you know, this year, guys, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, speaking of uh, Hamilton that we brought up, this is the year of Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Again, by the way, again, every year. and every year that he's been alive for the last few years, I guess. Um, but he's amazing. He he's doing uh, the voice cast on this one. It's uh, it's another Sony product that uh, they were gifted in the Netflix deal here. Uh, it's an animated musical adventure that follows Vivo, a musically gifted Kikaju, uh, which is basically a rainforest honey bear. Uh, who must find his way from Havana to Miami in order to deliver a song to his cherished owner's long-lost love. So whenever we get the the combination of a musical and Lin-Manuel Miranda being in the voice cast, uh, it's it, I don't see how that misses very hard. Uh, it's also, you know, it, it's kind of a, a, a representation play. A lot of Spanish uh, and and you know, amazing, like Gloria Stefan's here, uh, you know, Zoe Saldana, like there's amazing, amazing voice actors in here. I'm excited. Do you guys have a, a dog in the fight on either of these, Shamar? Do, do you have any opinion on those or do you like one better than the other? Well, I'm excited for all of these, especially because it feels like there's an Unleash the Dragon motif that Netflix is going, going right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess Cisco on the track there. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I am definitely maybe not. Oh yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, to the Vivo movie because Brian Tyree Henry is in this, and yeah, I love him. Yeah, yeah, he's been killing it. So I feel like anything that he's in, he just knocks it out the park. So and he's always yeah. just like a smaller character sometimes in a lot of these really yeah. big films that end up you know being favorites of mine and. Yeah. having this journey that they're going to go on i i love a good mythical creature goes on the journey scenario so i'm very much looking forward to this yeah especially after mulan comes out and we don't get you oh. know the eddie murphy oh. dragon anymore a dragonless uh, mulan <laughs> so we're gonna go full dragon from now on uh with that so i'm i'm all about it but yeah 
they intrigued me. And the animation, there was a lot of clips of it in that uh, Netflix summer sizzle reel. So between uh, their summer of fear, this is also, you know, really turning into the summer animation for them, too. Uh, do you have any opinion on, on those two titles, Andrew? Mainly Vivo. I, I'm very excited about it. I mean, we also have Zoe Zaldana and Michael Rooker in there, little Guardians of the Galaxy reunion there. That's right. Um, yeah, and Lin-Manuel, come on. Like, the music is going to be the best music. We're going to be humming it all summer. And I, I, I'm just excited to see him expand out to different projects, eventually conquer everything. So this is the next step for Lin-Manuel to control all of media. So I'm, I'm 100% for it. Let's, let's get him an Oscar in every category. Well, I was about to say, because <laughs> I... I, if I'm not mistaken, he has four major titles all released this year. Uh, In the Heights is yeah. uh, coming very soon. Vivo, he he's obviously contributing a big way. Uh, what is that? There's a Dis- what's the Disney Pixar one? Luca, Luca right? Yeah, Luca, is the name yeah, of that yeah, one, and I think he's involved in that as well. For whether it's the music and the voice, or just the music, and then. Uh, he has his directorial debut on Netflix uh, for Tick, Tick, Boom coming out uh, later oh this year. Gosh. It's kind of like his personal story. So, yeah, yeah, he's all over it. This is going to be the year for him. And In the Heights looks amazing. And, you know, there's so many good things uh, that he's bringing to the table in 2021. Um, a couple other ones just to kind of go through them. Back to the Outback is kind of like this all-star cast of like Australian uh, you know, actors that are just uh, amazing. Uh, Isla Fisher, Guy Pierce, Eric Bana, Keith Urban, uh, Tim Minchin, uh, a lot of people who you've seen in, in a lot of Australian fare over the years, um, done by uh, the, the people who did a lot of the Kung Fu Panda animation. Oh. So, you know, it looks interesting. They've, I've seen some stills and some uh, footage of this one. It looks pretty good uh, and you know, they kind of are saying like it sounds like a, a an offshoot of a Madagascar movie in a way because it's um, basically uh, it's these uh, the, a group of Australia's deadliest creatures plotted daring escape from their zoo to the outback. So you know, because they're sick of being looked at as monsters. So it's kind of a cool mix there. It's kind of just the it should be almost like a, a sequel to Madagascar, <laughs> but you know, this one gets its own full full treatment with that one we mentioned pinocchio coming later apollo 10 and a half uh is a richard linklater uh style animation where if anyone's seen a scanner darkly or waking life back in the 90s uh you know it's that style animation where it's kind of looking you know kind of it's it's motion capture on like an actual person where it's more detailed looking where it's almost looks like a comic book version of you know kind of like an indie comic book's version of animation so i'm interested i i love richard Linklater. i wasn't a fan of those other two movies though so we'll <laughs> see it's kind of a mixed bag in there and then that's without even talking about the nickelodeon deal you got a loud house movie and a rise of the teenage Mutant ninja turtles movie coming out oh, this year yes so <laughs> so they have all kinds of stuff, all fronts of animation coming through this year. Shamar, are you excited for the Ninja Turtle one? Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a diehard Mikey fan. <laughs> Mikey yeah. is my Mikey was Mikey is based off of me. That's what I honestly feel like. <laughs> Send this man a pizza. All right, uh, but yeah, no, I'm listen. You know, I'm I'm 38 years old, man. I'm I'm about to be 39. So you know, the original Ninja Turtle stuff is very near and dear to me. I've been you know. 
I probably haven't watched one of them since the first Michael Bay one or whatever that uh, happened years ago. So this is more, uh, it's the uh, the recent animation studio version, right? Where it's kind of more of a blocky animation. Yeah, this is the one that got released on Nickelodeon not too long ago after they moved from CGI to retell the story a little bit. It's a bit more right. of a difference in the look of the turtles. So they don't look exactly the same. So you could definitely tell like, Raphael is just jacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I'll I'll definitely try to check that out. Like I said, we we've talked about we did a episode where we talked about Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, so uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles isn't that far off. So maybe we'll check that out. Do kind of a recap at the end of the year. Bring you guys back on uh, to talk about that one. But yeah, it's an exciting year. A lot of great stuff. All their different studio projects you know nickelodeon sony you know uh titmouse all these different ones they keep bringing all the heavy hitters out anything that isn't disney or pixar they're just going to try to take from everybody um and they're doing a great job they're they're piling it on and hopefully a lot of these titles are good so that way my job is a lot easier but my job was made a lot easier because you guys are here i appreciate you guys coming on and going through these with me um any last words, guys? Do you guys want to plug? Uh, what's the exact date of when you guys are dropping the first episode of yet another DC animated podcast? Um, we dropped the preview episode on May 31st. That'll break down who we are, what we're doing. And then we plan to release weekly to go right straight through the summer. So nice. you'll get a lot of, a lot of DC opinions from us, a lot of animation critiques on dc when they do it well and when they don't do it so well uh <laughs> and yeah we're just hoping to give people a safe navigation through this universe and have a good time while they're doing it that's awesome guys you guys did a great job today i assume you know the show will be no different so thank you both for coming on do you guys need to plug like you i think you guys just came on twitter right um yes and you guys are on instagram too and so where can the people find you shamar yes you can find us both on instagram and twitter at yet sorry not yet sorry that i'm about to say the full name of the show (laughs) (laughs) i haven't ingrained in my mind so i can never forget but you can find us on instagram and twitter at yadc animated pod so we are going to be dropping some really great content very soon you're going to be talking about who we are give you a quick previews of what's to come and really kind of, as Andrew said, guide you through this wonderful universe that DC has created. Well, I look forward to it guys. Thank you so much. And welcome to the forgotten entertainment family. This is so great to have you guys on. We'll have to have you guys on again. Thanks again. Thank you.